Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. Trees in an urban setting have a difficult life. Pollution, climate change, mechanical damage from mowers or construction, and all those things lead to more susceptibility and vulnerability to pests and diseases. Maple leaf rag and sycamore tree rag, and he wrote an opera named Tremonition. Lowering air conditioning costs, improving home values and aesthetic. A lot of our health benefits. Huge connections now towards asthma, um, upper respiratory benefits and health. Can you see the phrase tree canopy without a smile? Forest Relief, the St. Louis nonprofit that's been adding to STL's arboreal stock for 30 years, is betting you can't. And it's especially invested in supporting trees, the right kinds and healthy ones, in North St. Louis for more than smiles, because increasing leafy cover there will boost canopy, where it's currently lowest in our region. Almeida Cookie Jordan, site administrator for the Scott Joplin House, says disinvestment in North St. Louis has led to a decrease in the amount of trees in its neighborhoods over the years. There was a lot of tree cover in St. Louis and on the north side, and that's where I would particularly hang when I would come to St. Louis was on the north side. But um, so it was pretty even. It was um, a really beautiful community. But as the neighborhoods became poorer and the, the matriarchs and patriarchs in the neighborhood died off, and left housing that that families didn't want because they had their own housing. If they just became poor neighborhoods, um, trees are the the last thing someone thinks about when you're trying to pay rent and pay utilities. And if you're renting and it's not your property, um, a lot of times people don't feel that they have a voice in anything that goes on when they are a renter. Cookie said there are many effects that stem from a lack of tree cover. The South Side is so beautiful. I love the South Side. I live on in North St. Louis, but the southern part of the city is really tree-lined and tree-covered, and the difference is not just because of, of the beauty, but because of the benefits. It's um, besides shade, trees will cause your utility bills to go down. Trees will help with asthma, childhood asthma. When you have trees, you don't have as much asthma, and asthma is rampant in North St. Louis because we have no tree cover. We have no healthy trees. Here to discuss efforts to bring tree cover back to North St. Louis, as well as the effects of invasive trees and insects on our ecosystem, we welcome Meredith Perkins, Forest Relief Executive Director, and Billy Haig, Forestry Manager at Forest Relief. Thank you both for being here. Now, what Cookie was talking about, Meredith, in less affluent neighborhoods, 
there is uh, there tends to be significantly less tree cover. Why is that? It's a complicated question, and there's a lot of reasons around why we see less tree cover. Cookie really explained it well, I think, with the concept of disinvestment. When people are looking at housing, we're looking at you know quality homes, and there's a lot of things to worry about with infrastructure overall, and trees are not really on that list typically. And then the city infrastructure, the city support system for their forestry program has limited resources also. So figuring out where to, where to deploy those resources and where to invest, um, that's been something that hasn't always been um, enjoyed by the North City community. Mm-hmm. And would that then include um, public service to take care of those trees? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. It, it Not only the planting of the trees, but also the requirements for pruning and removals. Um, a lot of that work is is driven by requests by residents. And if people don't know that that's an option for them or that they can get those services through the city, they don't get into the system, they don't get on the list, and those lists are long. So it takes a while to to get those resources Mm -hmm. to where they're needed. Now, Cookie also did talk about, from a a citizen's point of view, um, why a lack of tree cover is a bad thing. You should mention the health sort of effects um, the the economic sort of benefits and things that people miss out on. Um, are there any others that maybe she did not mention uh, that people should be thinking about? The science is really overwhelmingly in support of trees for the kind of triple bottom line impact, social impacts for community spaces, beautifying. That's something that people really kind of latch onto early, but also the economic investments that um, Cookie mentioned, lowering heating or lowering air conditioning costs, for example, and improving home values and aesthetic, um, but also a lot of our health benefits. We're seeing huge connections now towards asthma, um, upper respiratory benefits and health. The research continues to support that more trees equals better health outcomes for the residents that live in quality nature. And that's what we're trying to to improve. Mm-hmm. So with quality nature sort of uh, th- thinking about this um, beyond North St. Louis and in our region, now, Billy, there are neighborhoods across St. Louis that have seen many trees cut down as of late. Is this mostly due to uh, a pest called the emerald ash borer? Um, Is that the culprit? Uh, And is it mostly ash trees that are the the problem right now? That is a big problem. Yeah, emerald ash borer is affecting our ash trees that are planted in parks, streets, and in homes. Uh, But trees in an urban setting have a difficult life. Uh, It's tough for them. There's a lot of things working against them uh, from pollution, climate change, mechanical damage from mowers or construction, um, and all those things lead to more susceptibility and vulnerability to pests and diseases, Mm -hmm. uh, especially things that are not native or invasive species like the emerald ash borer. And how is it that the emerald ash borer hurts trees. Yeah, it has a lot to do with the tunneling of the larva. They start at the top of the canopy working their way down uh, and eventually cut off the flowing system of that tree. Mm-hmm. Now, a few weeks ago, uh, our digital editor, Lara Hamdan, she produced a, a story 
that showed that more trees are getting down, uh, getting cut down in St. Louis because of the city's forestry division um, and how it's hired contract workers to help fill the void in services. How much of that work kind of figures into um, how much canopy we're losing right now? Hmm. Yeah, so I know the city has gone around and mapped the ash trees, and there are around 16,000 that have been mapped in the city streets, and they're about uh, halfway through that at 7,000. If they were to leave those trees alone, we would have 16,000 dead trees causing a liability to homeowners, cars, things like that. It plays a big factor in our open tree canopy in the city. Mm -hmm. And would you say that there is you know, maybe greater awareness now of um, what's happening with trees and how we're losing them because people are like, they're going outside more. I mean, has there been any relationship between, between that, like a frequency of, of being in nature and, and people noticing things? So we're noticing, I think, when the pandemic hit and everyone went inside, that nearby nature was a respite for people. People were examining their trees in new ways that they maybe never noticed before. Um, And I think this connection with people getting outside and walking, there is, I believe, a more awareness, but we still struggle with that idea that nobody really knows or cares or notices until the chainsaws are at their in their neighborhood on their street mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you know we could be talking about emerald ash where we've been talking about it for a decade mm-hmm. but until it's really happening to your tree on your street it seems to be something that's a kind of vague issue mm-hmm. so people do care um but i think we're still a long way from general kind of understanding mm-hmm. we will be back shortly to continue our conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Now back to our conversation about supporting tree cover in North St. Louis City and how to improve our region's arboreal ecosystem with Meredith Perkins, Forest Relief Executive Director, and Billy Haig, Forestry Manager. Now, we heard earlier from Almeida Cookie Jordan, Site Administrator for the Scott Joplin House, and she told our producer, Emily Woodbury, that while St. Louis Forestry is doing what it can, everyday people can get involved and advocate for their neighborhoods. When they see a tree come down or one that needs to come down, they can call the forestry department to replace it. And Meredith, that's something that you had mentioned that some people don't know they can do. Is it, however, that simple, like just picking up the phone? Um, How would you advise people to go about making uh, such a request to to remove a tree that that is dying or is a problem? So... It can be that simple, but it's complicated in that it is restricted to budget and capacity with the forestry division. And what what ends up happening is they only have a limited resource. Um, and so trying to move that 
through all of the requests um, sometimes gets tricky. So I would advise to always go to the forestry department first mm -hmm. and get on their list and let them know what's going on. If there's a real risk or hazard, that's something that typically does move up the list. Um, but having that communication with the forestry team, they have excellent resources and staff there now. They have certified arborists and they really want to make a positive impact in the community. Mm -hmm. um, and then also getting your aldermen involved too. If it's something that you know, you're feeling like you need some additional advocacy, the the ward aldermen are often a great resource. Mm -hmm. Now, there is something that Forest Relief is working on with Scott Joplin House for an upcoming tree giveaway. So on April 29th, in partnership with Missouri State Parks and Missouri Department of Conservation, Forest Relief will give away 100 trees to city residents at the Scott Joplin House. It's a lot of a lot of trees. How will that work? Um, how can people get involved or secure themselves a, a sapling? So either one of you. So I'll jump in on this, and just to clarify too, on the question about um, you know getting a tree removed, Forest Relief is working to help offset some of the challenges and the costs associated with tree removals. So we have a partnership where we're helping remove dead and dying trees in the city parks to support what the city is already doing. And we're getting outside support from funders and corporate groups that also see the need to you know, influence more and more, bring more more resources and capacity. Um, in addition to doing those removals, we want to make sure that those trees get replanted. Mm -hmm. And we want to replant those trees ideally in a two-for-one kind of situation where we're growing more canopy in the process. Um, and so this partnership with Scott Joplin House, many people don't know that the Scott Joplin House is part of our state park system. And so it is a state, it is part of the state park um, community and they have a connection with connecting people with nature. And mm -hmm. so when we, when Forest Relief connected with Cookie and the Scott Joplin House and some of their, at uh, their facility, it was kind of a natural fit where they wanted to bring their networks to more access to nature. And we wanted to be able to have a lot of the programming that we offer currently out in our Creve Core facility, our nursery mm -hmm. and arboretum is in Creve Core Park with the St. Louis County program. Um, and those trees then are distributed to St. Louis City, to the county, and really statewide. Um, but what we wanted to do and what we aim to do with this city tree farm idea and the distribution that we're launching at the end of April is to create a space in the city where people can have direct access and have a really positive experience with nature. Um, and so the the kind of pop-up giveaway that we're hosting in at the end of April is a way to get the public to the space to give them a tree. If we can get people planting trees on their private property, we're expanding that tree canopy in areas that we don't typically have jurisdiction to plant um, in your backyard, for example. So that they're doing us a favor by coming and getting a tree and planting it um, on their property. So we want to encourage everyone in the city to take advantage of that. And then while we're while they're there, we're going to be asking the community to give us some feedback on the feasibility of this city tree farm and how we could be um, engaging people further so that we have something right there in, in the city that people can experience. And that listening session uh, part, it 
it speaks to our hearts here because that's something that we've been engaging in as well. So hearing that there will be that element where there is a um, a giving and a, a taking and a sharing happening is it's very encouraging. Almeida um, Cookie Jordan at Scott Joplin House, she also said that when you first proposed the idea of collaborating with the historic site, she felt the partnership was fitting. I say, well, that's not really far-fetched because Scott Joplin, even though this is Scott Joplin House and what does he have to do with trees, we're a state agency, um, part of the state park system. So technically we are a state park um, and we're, we, in the, we're in the city, of course, but we have blocks instead of park roads. We, we have streets. And so um, it's, it's sort of disjointed, but we do have a parcel of land that's about four, a uh, little under four acres. And she proposed the pop-up nursery, and I said, well, Scott Jumplin did write songs about trees and flowers, and um, that's how it came about. He wrote Maple Leaf Rag and Sycamore Tree Rag, and he wrote an opera named Tremonitia, you know, and so we made those connections between the state historic site to a tree farm. Now, one thing that I've been looking forward to with this segment has to do with the calorie pear buyback. So, Billy, we've not forgotten <laughs> about you here. So the, the calorie pear tree, what makes this popular tree a problem for our ecosystem? And maybe before you get to that, what does this tree look like? Yeah, so right now it's easy to tell. It's got these dense flower clusters, white, um, that really stand out along many of our major roadways in Missouri. Um, and then they are about 30 to 40 feet tall. And their branching is generally vertical, so they don't stretch out. So that's a good, and uh, they have a strong oval shape to the tree as well. Mm-hmm. And what is the problem with this? Like, what, what problem does it pose to the ecosystem here? Yeah, really is what aren't the problem with the, the calories? <laughs> pairs. Um, uh, So to the ecosystem itself, um, they were thought to be sterile um, when they were first brought over, but the more varieties that were introduced to the garden nursery uh, world, they became, or they started to cross-pollinate. And when they did, they would revert back to their natural self and start invading our natural ecosystems, pushing out our native plant species, which would push out our native wildlife. Mm -hmm. And structurally, what is the issue with these trees? Yeah, that weak branching structure, how vertical they are, they have weak branch attachments. So their likelihood of breaking off in heavy winter storms, uh, thunderstorms is very high. So the reason I wanted to talk about this is that this tree um, is its olfactory offense. It stinks. <laughs> like when I go out for walks with my son, who will be seven shortly, um, there is no shortage of um, sour expressions because of the way that this tree smells. What are some better options that are native yeah. to our ecosystem that? You know, that you would be uh, trading people for when they bring you one of these offenders? 
Yeah, some of the more common ones that we're going to be offering through the pair buyback, if you're looking for that aesthetic value as well, uh, are Eastern Redbud, a native Missouri tree, uh, the Serviceberry, Flowering Dogwood, Wild Plum, all have those spring wildflowers that are beautiful and uh, they do not smell okay. <laughs> in that <laughs> way. Fragrant is good, but yes. not, not in that way. So that um, pair buyback uh, is happening on April 18th, and as an incentive for homeowners statewide to cut down a pear tree, Forest Relief is providing a free replacement. Um, and it seems that there's an application process for this. Meredith, what does that entail? Exactly. This is a statewide program that we're partnering with the Missouri Invasive Plant Council and the Missouri Department of Conservation. It started in St. Louis um, in 2018, I believe, 2019. Um, But now it has grown to be a statewide program. So across Kansas City, the Southwest, the Southeast, um, Columbia, there's going to be different programs. So everyone needs to sign in and register, and then you'll have an opportunity to select the tree. We encourage people to consider the right tree for the right place. So if you have a tiny South St. Louis yard, you don't want to plant maybe a giant walnut tree, for example. Mm -hmm. So we'll give people an opportunity to say, yes, I have cut down a tree. I've got, here's a picture of my pear tree um, to prove that, you know, you're part of the program, you're on the team, and then you can select a tree. And before these events, um, you know, can people acquire trees through Forest Relief beyond any of the events that we've talked about, whether it's the um, the city tree or uh, the, the pear buyback? Yeah, um, we do have our community application for people who are planting on public and nonprofit land. They can come to Forest Relief and uh, require or uh, obtain free three-gallon native trees. What is it that people need to have in order to to take a tree home? So I like to say you have to have a will to steward it. Okay. Um, you know, we, we want to give people tree, trees that they can establish and that will thrive in the landscape. And so as we're removing barriers, you know, free trees is one of the biggest barriers, the cost associated with the plant. But, you know, Billy and his program are helping build people's confidence. So they have to know, how do I plant this correctly? How do I water it and make sure that it establishes and thrives wherever it is? Um, And then how do I know that I'm putting it in a place that's going to be an asset rather than a liability? Mm -hmm. So making sure we're planting, shade trees where we need shade trees and fruit trees where we need fruit trees and beautiful flowering trees where we need those. Um, Forest Relief really has a programming around all of those different things so we can make sure that the people that are engaging with, you know, have the will to want to plant a tree and are engaging with us have the knowledge that they need through educational programming, the resources through, um, you know, the plant that we provide, and then the follow-up care that uh, we can provide. And as a, a last word here, what is your favorite tree right now that is that's flowering? Mm-hmm. I, I am a redbud fan. I think that they're the darling of the native urban forest and and the natural forest so they're just starting to pop now we were just down in southern like in tennessee and they were in full bloom so i'd pick redbud redbud 
I'm going to take the easy answer and say our state tree, the flowering dogwood. I love seeing them in a woodland as their uh, white bracts kind of float in the air mm-hmm. in an open canopy. That's one of my favorites to see. Oh, this seems like that. Oh, yes. One more thing there. I just wanted to plug, you know, that that as we're giving away all of these trees, that this is Forest Release's 30th anniversary, and we are, our logo is the white oak. So although it doesn't flower, the oak trees are a uh, a really awesome investment in uh, in our forest. Every anywhere you want to put an oak tree is great, and we'd love for anyone to come out and pick up trees through a lot of our different anniversary programming all year. Congratulations. (laughs) Meredith Perkins is Forest Relief Executive Director and Billy Haig is Forestry Manager at Forest Relief. Thank you for being here. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Alex Hoyer is our executive producer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.